Hi everyone, uh, we're really pleased to have you joining us again today. We've got Paul Rochester here, um, who I've got to know over the past little while, and uh, we've just been spending different times working together on how we can support churches and faith groups across this difficult time um, of COVID and lockdown in the UK. Uh, Paul, first of all, before we kick off with any questions, tell me a little bit about um, your role, uh, your various roles, um, because you're a man of many different hats. I do not merit wearing any hats today, but many different hats normally. Okay, so um, I'm the General Secretary of the Free Churches Group. So the Free Churches is, a, is an ecumenical body that brings together 26 denominations from the Free Church tradition. So the core things we do around that is chaplaincy work, in prisons, um, healthcare, and um, and now we're moving in education as well, um, faith and education. So that that's my day day job, uh, but my other day job is I also pastor um, a Church of God uh, church in Croydon, um, which I've been doing for um, seventeen years now, um, and I also um, uh, as part of my bishop's role within the Church of God Prophecy look after nine churches in the uh, London South region. So other, other sides of the river to where I am then. So yes, I mean, we'll be praying for you guys. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't know if people can hear the French accent there because you guys are so far south. But <laughs> <laughs> So um, we, we've kind of been talking a little bit about the shape of things to come. Um, and I'm just interested in what you feel about this period of time. Obviously, we've come through a, a, a time of, of of kind of country turmoil in terms, even in terms of Brexit, let alone let alone COVID. But um, what? Tell me a little bit about what you think is coming around the corner, or not, in that sense. Okay, yeah, um, I think to, the caveat to start to start this is just to say that I don't personally think that anybody really knows. Um, what's what's ahead for us in terms of what God is doing? I think that we on I think that we understand some things, and um, and clearly as Christians uh, we have a hope uh, that you know whatever God's purposes are, that those purposes will be fulfilled. And um, how He's going to do it, and how He's going to use this time, and and what comes out of that, I think we're all struggling with, including me. So um, so, so I think that that's the first thing to say. But, but having said that, um, I do think it's interesting how um, some of the things that have been called to 21st century church are really being challenged at the moment through the COVID, singing being one of them, um, and the way that we have placed um, worship groups and singing at the core and the heart of the way that we do our services. Um, and many, many churches, um, even though, you know, they can go back, to their places of worship because that's one of the things that they can't do in the same way um, as they used to do it before um, and so I think I think that's interesting I think there are stuff that we can learn from that anyway because I think that worship is much much more deeper than sometimes the way that we portrayed it in the 21st century church um, it's interesting that when Paul talked about singing he talked about singing and making melody in your heart um, <laughs> you know and, and and that way of encouraging yourself which we can still do so there's yes we still follow scripture in that sense but um but yet you know there there are some things that have fundamentally changed so i think i think that there are some things there for us to, as a church to think about um i think the online the online stuff has been good 
because many churches have been thinking about it but have not done anything about that yeah. um but i think with the online stuff it clearly benefits people who may not be able to attend services and and you can make them part of church going forward so this sort of hybrid approach i think once we get back to physical worship um in places of worship will be um will be important um and i don't think that's going to go away um but i do think that the physical contact in terms of mission is very important right uh, interesting to know how many churches have had people um accept the lord online um yeah. and have been able to grow their churches in that way um and uh, and i think that's something that i was actually thinking about uh, the other week because even though within my local church we've had a couple of people that have given their hearts to the lord um as a result of the online stuff most of them we had relationships with before anyway so um, right. there's something about that that i think that's going to be challenging for us um and uh, and i think it's good now that we'll be able to go back to doing baptisms uh total immersion which is really important for the way that we do church um, and, and that's something that we'll, we'll need to sort of uh, get moving as soon as we can. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that God is clearly up to something. We're trying to follow and un understand his heart. As usual, we struggle with that. And, um, and it's interesting because if you get 10 Christians in a, in a room and you ask them, they might give you 10 different things that they think that the Lord is saying, which is always really interesting because it's the same spirit. So, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I like that. God is up to something, I think, would be a, would be a great, great kind of, maybe not the best a prophetic ministry title. But no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about, um, so you've talked about how, the, the nudge, the push to go online has meant accessibility potentially has come to some people and it served some people who are maybe not able. Have you been aware of where there's been uh, data poverty, ICT poverty that has, has actually got in the way of people connecting in that sense? Have you had to overcome that within your own settings? Yeah. Not in terms of poverty, but in terms of senior citizens. Yeah. So, you know, people are just not used to using IT and didn't have um, the necessary IT uh, equipment, yeah. not because they couldn't afford it, but just because they weren't that way inclined. Um, so we've had to support people in that way. Um, and we've done it directly uh, um, in terms of, you know, where they've needed stuff. We may have bought something. Um, one person's popped in to try to help them but also done it through families whether they were christian yeah. families or unsaved families just getting them to get their families to help them get online so we, we've had some issues around that i think one of the interesting things about the online is services for instance like prayer that we used to say oh nobody wants to pray um we've had we've probably tripled the numbers right so it's clear that they didn't it's clear that it wasn't just a simple case of people not wanting to pray yeah but it was probably the fact that midweek services, those types of things coming out to the building uh, where they haven't had to do that and they've participated. So we've seen- that, That's interesting that. that you're you're seeing it that way, Paul, because I have to confess <laughs> for myself with prayer meetings, I found that because it is online, I feel I have no excuse not to go. Mm. Um, I have managed to combine 
being in the prayer meeting and doing the washing up, which I've actually found oddly good to be doing something and praying at the same time. I, yeah. Um, I managed not to drop the computer in the washing up as well. But yeah, I, I think we've seen that. With, I've, I've heard about different, actually different church traditions as well, where some of the early morning or the, the, the kind of the late at night um, prayer things, which often a minister has done more or less on their own, have been well populated. So that is, yeah, that is interesting in that sense. I mean, there is, I mean clearly there are people who, who may well just sign on to a meeting, but they don't, they don't show the video. You're not necessarily sure yeah. the degree to which they're participating. Um, we've tried to encourage people to treat it like actually going to a yeah. party yourself up and show your video and, and participate yeah. Yeah. And, and be attentive, give that hour to God if that's what you're doing yeah. as opposed yeah. to just having it in the background. Yeah. You know, understanding that in some cases people, you know, can't do that, but where they can, we've tried to encourage them. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I think the whole picture you've created there of something's work, it's like a spiky profile. Some things work better, some things don't work so well. Mm. And um, no, that's very interesting. What, um, I, you've been very careful to, to say we don't know what's happening. <laughs> but how about for yourselves? If, I don't know, in a two weeks time, you're allowed to do pretty much everything that you were doing before, which is a strange feeling to suddenly be able to hug people and all these different things what things would you want to have taken out of this time um what what it may be it may be even revelation not not just actually physical things but what what things would you take forward into the, the kind of the new and what things would you potentially leave behind um well i think as i said the online you would definitely take forward in yeah. some i don't think you're going to move away from that um, I mean, one of the other things that we found with the online is that we, on a Sunday evening, we we um, we have um, a service, which is it's, it started as just um, a corporate national service, but it's become international. Right. The Church God of Prophecy operates in 135 different countries, mm -hmm. and um, we found that um, it's been an opportunity to bring people together from different countries in a way that you wouldn't. So I think the online stuff you would, I would definitely um, take forward in some degree, not necessarily um, everything in the way that we've been doing it at the moment. Um, I think that uh, for me, there's a learning for, for me personally and for the, the whole church about the frailty of life of humanity of how the things that we have, um, you know, if you'd, if you'd have said that this was going to happen um, six months ago, that the whole world could have effectively been brought to this standstill in the way that it has. And some of our financial institutions and lots of other institutions have um, effectively not been able to function. We wouldn't, whilst we know that those things are possible, you just wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. It's not yeah. something that you've written about and predicted. And I think that um, it's reminded us all of, of, of the frailty of, 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 well, of human beings in themselves, but also of our world system. Yes. How it can easily be disrupted. Um, and, um, and, and also, I think that it, it, it's reminded me as well about the injustices that really do persist in the world. 
um, and, um, and and I think it's made those things quite stark because the people, for instance, who are in blocks of flats on the tenth floor with no garden, yeah, um, and you know, uh, and, you know, a, a lot of people in those flats, they've suffered more than the ones with houses and gardens, etc. Yeah, yeah. that's just one thing in terms of looking at it, but in terms of employment, the people who can choose to stay at home yes. and still get their salaries, yeah. as opposed to those who are on, you know, um, minimum wage, that type of stuff, yeah. where they've got to go in, you know, those without contracts, if they don't go. So the whole thing, it's just, yeah. it's just shown how unfair the whole world system yeah. is. Yeah. and how people can just be left behind. Um, and, and, and part of the worrying thing for me sometimes when I look at all of this is the people that are sometimes speaking for the poorest in society, and that includes the church, are the ones who are the well-off ones. Yeah, yeah. But they're not really speaking from experience. Um, and that, I think, sometimes worries me because I, I kind of think to myself, well, you know, how much can we really empathise? Yeah. We've got, be, yeah we've got to be careful about that. So the whole church has got to just really, I think, rethink a lot of what we do, how we how we live out uh, the gospel. Um, I mean, you know, I, I visited a community, the Bruderhof community in uh, East Sussex, um, where people come together and live together and they share everything and... and um, and sometimes I think that that model, whilst it's criticised by some people, yeah. BC's recently done some documentaries on it. One was very critical, one was um, was more positive. But I think things like that, that that society or, yeah. or that community would not see the injustices and the unfairness um, and the stark differences between the haves and the have-nots in the way that the rest of the world has, because they do care yeah and they're there trying to live out the um you know jesus uh, teachings in terms of ser the uh, sermon on the mount and uh, the acts of the apostles so i mean i i, I just think that we've got to consider reconsider all yeah. of our and church and how we live that out now i'm not I, I think for me personally i'm wrestling with that i have to think about what that means for me but i right. uh, don't think you can come out of this and be the same no no and it's fascinating, Paul, to hear you just come to that those last points there because it really chimes with what some of the other folk that have joined us on, on Ponderings have been saying about mm -hmm. essentially about a sense of um, an association and connection and, and reaching the poor in society. Also, the fact of the, I suppose it's the middle class assumptions that so many presenters have. Uh, and I would include myself in that, um, although I'm from the rougher part of town than you are. So, you know, um, <laughs> only just, well, yeah, we're not sure. We still want to get our shots before we go down through the, uh, the Blackwell Tunnel. Um, and, um, but also, I suppose what I come to from my church tradition is, is essentially that phrase of, of shared life, which you see in the, you see exemplified in Acts about people going from home to home and um and that having there being no needy amongst them which i think is very interesting and i think potentially what is in 
it maybe is in part of the heart cry of what we have. We 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 see so much that we in society that the, the iPhone, the iPad, all all those things which are about I and me and that personal side, and yet the sharing um, interactions and and some of the things that I've noticed is that, well, I've heard a report from the NHS that as people were volunteering and going to uh, buy food for people who are shielding, yeah, that the the actual event of going to get the food may take 20 30 minutes but but getting the shopping list from the person and delivering the food adds at least another half an hour because people were so desperate for the interaction i rather suspect well i think it's it's proven that people ask for for actual help around physical stuff a lot earlier than they say they need to be connected and and even yeah. coming out and clapping on a Thursday night, it was a bit sporadic where I live. I don't know how it was where you were. Yeah, it was, yeah. we had a few people that did it, but, but it, was, it was supported, yeah. And people yeah. kind of hung around afterwards a little bit. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that this has shown us that, um, that that human interaction is really, really important and you can't, you can't supplement that with, with, with other things. And, and hope, hopefully it, teaches, it will teach us some, some lessons that we can then take forward because we were clearly in terms of the, in terms of the way that we use our phones and uh, a lot of the media, we were clearly going in the wrong direction uh-huh. uh, and, and becoming very insular. Um, and um, but this has, has shown us the importance of community and being able to interact with one another. I mean, I remember when I used to work for the employment service, and when we first started, we you know, if somebody came in and they, they'd just lost their jobs and they wanted to talk for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. When you were doing their new claims interview, you could sit there as long as you wanted and you could spend that time with them. And then it moved to a system of 20 minutes and targets in and out, in and out, treat them like a number. And um, and the the quality of the service, right. just you could just see how it deteriorated right. in in that move. Much more professional, yes, and you know more business like. But in terms of just being there for that person who's just lost their jobs and wants somebody to talk to, because it's a really traumatic time for them. They didn't have that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, what an interesting note for us to draw a closer. I know that that you have other things that you have to do. So I'm going to call us to a halt there. For those of you are welcome, uh, 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 joining us, thank you for joining us on this Ponderings podcast. Do uh, make sure you tell your friends and connect. Uh, do have a look uh, at the Facebook page at Ponderings blog and obviously on our website, which is www.ponderings.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Do connect. And thank you, Paul, so much for joining us today. Thank you.